Hey, family, what's going on? Hold up a sec. Let me try my keys real quick. Oh, there it go. And that works. Okay. Hey, family, I'm about to get into this interview. If you know anything about Jonathan Soul, I talked to uh, sci-fi writers, comic book creators from the African community worldwide. So sit back and relax. If you're interested in what creative people think about business, think about culture, think about politics, you're in the right place. If you're not, then there's a, you see that door down the hall? It's an airlock. Don't even worry about it. I got you. Just step in there and I'll take care of everything. All right. All right. Let's get into this interview. All right, family. What's going on? This is Jonathan. So with a special message from my creators. Now, you know, on this program, I focus on black comic book creators in particular. I talk to, of course, you know, people, you know, related to that vibration, right? I talk to sci-fi folks. I talk to voiceover folks. Why? Because a lot of the comic people want to do animation. So I just want you to have in mind some talent when you make that next step. I talk to animation studios, uh, you know, so if you're, if you're part of that comic book vibration, you know, that speculative fiction, yada, yada, then I'm talking to you, but there's a trend that I'm seeing and I want to bring it to everybody's attention. Here's one. I feel like we're in the age of one shots. Now I'm old enough to remember the comic book boom in the nineties, right? Particularly the black comic book boom. Cause I know in the, you know, white comics, they, you know, it was a different thing. I mean, they got flooded and then the comic values drop, yada, yada. In the black comics, particularly around 93, 94, boom, right? The black expos were happening and, and there was a, a, there was a, a lot of creators uh, creating stuff like brother man and the people in, uh, Ania, uh, you know, that whole collective. And I think Brother Man went up to like number 10. I'm not sure about Purge and then the other books. But um, nowadays, now that we have the social media and we have the this renewed comic book boom, I'm kind of still seeing a lot of one shots. And it's not like they do a book and then they're done. It seems like some of them do a book. And then some of my, you know, brothers and sisters, they jump on another property or something, which is fine. That's, that's, that's the way you feel led. That's fine. But me as a fan, not just a broadcaster, but a fan, I want to see issue a hundred. You know what I mean? I want to see. And so I really celebrate, you know, some of the creators that I talk to who want issue number 10, who want issue number three. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's a bunch of them, but just off the top of my head, right? Top of my head. I'm thinking about Power Knights, right? Over there on uh, kid-comics.com, right? If you go over there, uh, there's a book over there uh, called Power Knights. And, um, you know, it's by, a, you know, a writer, creator, and then Keith and Jones, C.S. Ward is over there. C.S. Ward also does uh, Vegas Baby. And so I get happy when I see that, you know what I mean, kind of a thing. Uh, there's another a creator, uh, I just actually bought some physical books him like from him like just now, and uh, and he create he does the book called Maroon. I this will this will be I bought all of his books just now one to ten, uh, one to uh, six I bought digital uh, from my man uh, Derek Lipscomb, and uh, of course his part of his team is the Coles, 
And uh, so I just bought eight, nine, and 10 physical. He has a compilation book, like a trade, but the, the cover of issue uh, eight is off the fucking chain. And I had to get that in print. Yeah, issue number eight. He got like this, this, this hammer on fire. This is off the chain. I'm, I'm thinking, okay, well, why are people, you know, doing one shot and then boom? I don't think that people start out that way. I could be wrong. And so I'm thinking, well, maybe it's a thing of finance, right? Because I'm seeing a lot of people having to do Kickstarters when they do these books. And so the first thing, since I'm observing, I'm talking to everybody, I'm like, well, you know, I know it's expensive to print. You know, you know, some people, you know, they, they, they print in America. Some people, they go overseas. But I'm sure web comics is cheaper than print no matter where you go. And uh, there, there's a lot of creators out there who are doing web comics first, right? You know, one of the, uh, one of the creators I talked to was a Newton Ledevoix over at um, dreamfurycomics.com. And uh, he has this comic book series called uh, uh, Crescent City Monsters. And as a matter of fact, I got, I got three copies, boom, 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 and a couple posters uh, of the book. Now, but this started out, I don't know if it might have been a year or whatever. It started out as a webcomic. You know, I go there one week and it might be, you know, five, six pages up. I'll go there, you know, another week, a couple weeks later, and there'll be 10. And, you know, slowly he was kind of building not only the content, but he was developing that fan base. And so I think that that's something that, you know, uh, could be beneficial to some folks instead of just going straight to a Kickstarter uh, kind of a thing. Um, let's listen to a, a quick snippet of my conversation with Newton Lelevoix, uh, Dream Fury Comics, about uh, about this webcomic in print. Let's listen. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? So you got your comic, and, and ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about a, a terrific comic. You go over to dreamfurycomics.com, dreamfurycomics.com, and there's a story that he, that he's uh, breaking out called uh, Crescent City Monsters. It's a webcomic, yep. off the chain, uh, Newton Lelevoix and Giancarlo Banal. Now, is this brother from the Philippines your artist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How'd you guess? The, the last name, and you're the second artist, uh, second writer, who mm-hmm. tapped the brother from the Philippines. I was like, okay. All right, okay, all right, man. I see what y'all doing. So, yeah. um, so, so, tell me why your comic is set in like Jim Crow era Deep South. Oh, that's a good question. So, um, it's set in that because when I originally started, I wanted an environment that uh that had like a lot of friction, right? Okay. So, um, I was like, what better environment than um, the civil rights era, right? Um, of that time, so it's like you that that layer of friction I thought would help the story, you know, help uh, actually build a little bit more layering in terms of uh, the the environment and what's going on. Yeah, man. I mean, there was one panel when uh, the police was pulling up uh, behind your uh, protagonist uh, on a motorcycle, and uh, I started to get stressed. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, where, where is this now, coming from? You know, kind of- I know that some people, you know, they definitely want you know, the, the print and everything. And that's cool. But let me just drop another bug in your ear because of course, you know, a lot of the audience is going to be younger people right now for some of us, the parents may be buying the comics for the kids, 
But you got to remember, a lot of these kids, when they buy stuff on their own, they're doing it digital first. Okay, let's listen to my conversation, a little bit of my conversation with Frederick Jones from Saturday AM. It's a manga company. And uh, he's telling me how a lot of his audience, you know, that 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 uh, early teens, 20 something are just going straight to digital. He does print, but primarily his content is digital. Let's listen. I mean, is there a preference amongst your audience for digital or paper or both or, or what? Uh, both. I think that uh, because our audience is progressively younger, because our mm-hmm. secondary demographics, 13 to 17. So, I mean, you know, we obviously have tranches, right? Okay. Our, our, our primary demo is 18 to 24. Our secondary is 13 to 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and th- so so what happens with that? Well, these are, these are people, like I said, who are 20 years younger than me. So instantly they are digital, right? They are mostly digital. They're That's born they're with an iPhone in their hand, I think is That's what's exactly happening. That's exactly right. right. In, fact, I, in fact, I can't tell how many young people come up to us at trade shows and they'll say to us, and be like, oh, yeah, man, I read your comic book on my, on my phone. I'm like, I don't even know. Like, like, bruh, the amount of glasses I would need to do that is unbelievable. <laughs> I'm like, you, you, you are definitely young, son. You could, not, yep. you could not get me to read on my phone. So, so yeah, uh, but what we find, though, to answer your question, is both. It's both. They like digital, but then when we have the book collected physically, there and, and, and I have to be honest with you, Jonathan, and I want to say this very directly. This is something that surprised me, and it's something that I find very rewarding. It's something that makes me hopeful, because what it means then is that these young people, when we started the company, Jonathan, people laughed. They mm-hmm. were like, man, you ain't going to get these kids to pay for a subscription. You crazy? These kids steal content. They're not paying for a subscription. I mean, right. I heard it. I heard it from everybody. We got, we got picked on so, so, so many different things. And what that tells me, what you just asked, is when, when I saw that it was both, is that these kids do have an appreciation mm-hmm. for physical. They mm-hmm. do have an appreciation for buying stuff, for earning it, mm-hmm. you know, saving the money, buying it, and then keeping it as part of their collection. Yeah. But you have to build that in them. So the fact mm-hmm. that we have a subscription, even though it's low, low cost, the fact we have a subscription begins to train them yeah. into appreciating that, look, I got to pay for this content, but I'm paying for it. It's easy for me to, 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 to do. Uh, you know, it's not a lot. It's the cost of a Starbucks coffee. It's the cost of a Happy Meal. So they can look at it that way. They do it. They get the content in. And then a series that they particularly like, uh, then they're able to then buy the book. And they feel like they've accomplished something. And that that is amazing. That's 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 what we're looking for. It's a, it's a wonderful experience to read something on your phone or on your tablet. It's an equally nice experience to read something on like an app like Comixology, right? A website because it you know, has that guided, you know, uh, reading thing. So just keep that in mind in terms of lowering your overall cost to get to issue 100. Okay, that's what I'm going to call this episode, getting to issue 100. Okay, because this, this, this whole thing about, you know, one shots is not really sustainable. You know, it's, it's, I mean, I know we got a lot of tremendous ideas and stuff. Um, but for us to move into like the 90s, 93 was, you know, what, 20, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever it was. I mean, for us not to repeat that same energy, right? I mean, I'm going to go off on a tangent here, but when I was in school, right, when I was in college, I had a DJ program, had a radio program, and I did gospel. I was back, still in the Matrix at that time. This is before I started studying history. And uh, but even if I don't believe in the religion, God, black gospel music in particular is an incredible art form. I mean, to listen to some of the music, I still get chili bumps. So anyway, uh, I had a 
I had a radio program where I played modern gospel. I had modern in quotes. In other words, I wasn't playing choirs. I was playing groups or studio choirs or, or soloists. And it was a lot of people who had one album. But the album was incredible. I mean, I can still hear the music and still see it. But guess what? You can't find it. <laughs> you can't find it, man. I mean, I remember this girl. She was a backup singer for Amy Grant. And she came out with this jazzy gospel, you know, you know, kind of a flavor. But she could really blow. She could really sing. And it was like, a when I say jazzy, I don't mean like Ben Tankard. I know I'm dating myself. I'm talking about like a like a trio behind it, like a you know drum, bass, and um, and uh, I guess saxophone or whatever horn. And she was oh my gosh, oh my goodness. I mean, she had a if I remember correctly, like a Billie Holiday kind of vibration. It didn't make it in the digital age. I'm still trying to find Daniel Winans' uh, first album. If I remember correctly, he did a song on he did a, his own version of "It's a Wonderful World." You know that, like uh, Satchmo Armstrong, but he did it with Kenny G. And I was never a Kenny G fan, but that song was off the chain. I can't find an album. I couldn't be like making all of this shit up. I can't find. So what am I saying? I want you guys to go into the future. And not if you go into the future, you got to do more than one issue. I want to talk to, you know, Jonathan Soul III and say, "Oh, you on issue a hundred of uh, the Maroon." With uh, Derek, uh, you know, Derek Lipscomb and him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I talked to him back in the day. <gasps> Granddad, you talked to him? Yeah, man. You know, and guess what? Guess what? Well, Granddad, I got issue number one. <gasps> oh, my God. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, because by that time, by that time, you have built enough of an audience, enough of a, you know, that things could flip. Now, you say, well, I just don't want to do PDFs. You know, the print seems to be viable. Well, you know. You don't have to go straight to webcomic or uh, print. You can go to animation. Animation, the cost is getting lower and lower and lower. Uh, recently, I talked to a um, uh, studio uh, creator over there at uh, Avaloy Studios, uh, Durante uh, Avaloy of Avaloy Studios. And he's telling me how he reached out to five creators that he found online. And they're doing animations of their stuff. Now, one of the creators... I believe it's primarily a writer. That would be Milton, um, Milton Davis. He uh, he not only he's a like a sci-fi fantasy writer, um, but he also does a, like a, a lot of um, anthologies where he pulls different writers together. He also does board games, but to my knowledge, <clears throat> and I don't think that he was doing like comics, like a visual you know kind of a thing other than the board game. I could be wrong. And um, and then of course he reached out to Keith Cross, who has that wonderful comic. Uh, a day black, but he reached out to these guys and now they're doing animation. So that's another avenue, you know, and again, the cost is getting cheaper and cheaper. We don't, don't always have to do print. Let's listen uh, quickly to my, uh, a clip of my conversation with, uh, Durante Avaloy over at Avaloy studios about animation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Milton is one of, uh, five different, um, content creators who I approached. And I just, I, I've been seeing what they're doing. Um, they're being productive. You know, they got a good fan base. And I'm like, you know what? We need to go into this different realm as far as animation. Um, so Milton and I, are his company, we've teamed up and everything else. And we're doing the animated uh, version of From Here to Timbuktu. Um, 
we're actually going to release the promo image of that. Well, see, this, this will come out when? This show will come out, like, next Sunday, right? Uh, Yeah, it was going to come out. this. I was going to actually post it Wednesday since you gave me so many exclusives. Boom. Okay, well, cool then. This will actually drop tomorrow. The image will drop tomorrow. Oh, fantastic. You... Okay, all right. <laughs> the image will drop tomorrow. So there you go. Um, so yeah, that, you know that'll be it. Um, we're, we're we're just in the uh, pre-production stages right now. Um, but honestly, I'll be real with you. Like the 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 visuals look great. Mm-hmm. I'm happy. I'm happy with everything. And this is something that my team put together in like about maybe like two weeks. The main thing and the reason why I'm doing a, this podcast in particular is because I'm concerned about the sustainability. African-American culture in particular and then the African culture of the diaspora in general has always been one to start trends, right? Always been one to start trends. And then usually what happens is, you know, folk on the outside take those trends and then they build institutions. They build companies off of it. With Black Indie, the reason why I'm excited about it is not because... I'm a fan and I read every page of these books I buy. I'm more of a collector. Um, I'm excited because of the entrepreneurship behind the comic. And so for that to, you know, to be sustained, you know, we're going to have to, you know, kind of think about reaching out and doing other stuff. So one, um, and you know, I always suggest that you guys using, you know, black artists, American artists, but, you know, from talking to the creators, it's just cheaper and they have a lot of times a better experience reaching outside. Now, when you do voiceover for the people doing animation, I interviewed a beautiful sister on my show uh, recently, um, uh, Andrea Daniel, who's a tremendous uh, voiceover artist. So, you know, I think one of the ways we can stay sustainable is to circulate those dollars in our community. You know, there's a lot of brothers in our community who are animators, who work in the gaming industry. There's voiceover talent. There may be actresses and actors who don't know that they would make terrific voiceover artists. And so, you know, getting to issue 100, I think it's definitely going to take more than just a bunch of Kickstarters. I think it's going to take slowly developing these characters over several issues. It may be web comics. Maybe that's the cheapest thing. Um, years ago, when I first got my iPhone, the first iPhone I ever had was the iPhone 4S. And I love that, that little thing. Anyway, you know what I used to buy? I used to buy comic book apps. This is way before I started this program. And you like comic book apps. There's three apps I remember in particular. So it was one, it was a Brazilian uh, app. It was a comic, but you know, you, you bought the little app, right? You know, it was a little comic as I have an app. And it was just the one comic. It was basically like a kind of a PDF kind of thing. But you know, it went panel to panel. And it was about this, 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 this guy uh, who was in Brazil, um, I can't remember the name of the city, and he basically um, committed suicide. You say, oh, damn, this is taking a turn. Yeah, it's a, but what happened was he became a spirit, and uh, he was kind of, but he didn't know he was a spirit at first because he woke up and he was in his clothes and everything, and he's walking around, people not talking to him, you know how that kind of, and then eventually he meets people that shows him, like, this is your job, you're supposed to help the living, da, da, da. And it was, it was no real superpowers involved. It was just this kind of fantasy kind of vibe. That was a book. Incredible. I don't remember if he ever did another issue. Then there was another one called like Sis, like Sis Admin Save the World. I was a desktop support guy back then, but for people who are not in the computer, Sis Admin are the people who work on the computers 
that like your computers talk to, right? So when you go on the internet, you're really pulling down a page that's hosted on another computer. And so, you know, the, it was a, some kind of bomb, whatever. And then everything went down except the very basic network communications. And so it was just the system admins that were able to get on the command line and talk to each other across the world. Dope ass book. It was in an app. It wasn't, no, it was no comicsology back then. It was just in a little app. And then the last one I remember was, it was, it was dope. This was on the iPad. I had a little iPad mini. And uh, basically, I don't know if y'all ever heard of this uh, uh, called Operation Ajax when America kind of went in to depose um, the elected, rightful elected uh, president, um, Mossadegh in Iran, and then reinstalled the Shah or whatever. But they made that into a comic, like a little mystery comic. And then you had, and that was, I could tell that was expensive. You click on something and like real world dossiers would pop up and you could read that these classified, and that's, that's something heavy. But there are other ways, is, is my point, of delivering issue number two, issue number three, issue number four, issue number five. You know, I don't know if profit sharing is a thing that you guys can negotiate with an artist, you know, to bring the, the, the cost down you know, profit sharing, web comics. I mean, there's a lot of creative ways. I just don't want us to kind of get stuck in print, even though it's cool, you know what I mean? But because that sustainability to me is more important than, you know, I'd rather have issue 100 of the same character so I can see character arcs and I can see world building. You know, I listen to Star Wars books a lot. A lot. I don't know if it's too much, but a lot. And the thing that I'm so amazed at, you know, with all of these different writers, you know, they're they're contributing to this world that Lucas kind of started. And I can see that with, you know, Dream. Uh, I can see that with Crescent City Monsters, right? Going through these books, I just happen to have on my desk. I can see that with Void Beast, right? I can see that, you know. But we got to get to we got to get past issue number one. You, you follow me? We got to get past issue number one. So before I start repeating myself, let me just say I'm proud of everything that you guys are doing. I think you're bringing light to the world. I think when a little African-American kid or Jamaican kid or whatever, you know, or a white kid or whatever, they see these books and their face light up because it's something new or something different. It's a black person. You know what I mean? It's not a sidekick. It's not blind or <laughs> crippled or whatever, you know, but he's a he's an agent of change, right? He's a prime mover. I think that's very important. And I also think it's important that these guys and gals have full and complete character arcs. And then they have a world that you guys build around them. You know what I mean? I mean, and you can't do that with one book. You can't do that with one shot. You can't do that with a new, you know, a new character, a new comic book every year. And, you know, it's just, it's not sustainable. And uh, for us not to repeat, you know, some of the challenges that we had in the 90s, we're going to have to focus on things that uh, support sustainability. All right. That's just a, a word from a, a fan. You know, I'm not talking shit. You know, I buy your books. You know, I support your Kickstarters. You know, I'm not talking shit. OK, so it's important because I want my grandkids to be able to buy issue 100 from you guys and gals. All right. All right. Love you guys. This is Jonathan Soul. And stay tuned for this message.
We almost out of here. Just want y'all to take a moment to support the podcast. I want you to do two things, just two. One, I want you to share the podcast on all your social media. Then I want you to go over to Amazon.com and pick up my ebook, Malcolm Mars. It's a sci-fi novel I wrote about three brothers who take their families to Mars to build a whole new scene. All right, Malcolm Mars by Jonathan Soul. Do you want to sharpen your writing craft and start earning more money from your words? How about enriching your craft even further with scintillating insights from celebrated pop culture, political, and Afrocentric commentators? Well, you're in the perfect place with me, the Sinister Minister Faust, on my podcast, MF Galaxy. Find it on all the places you find podcasts and patreon.com slash MF Galaxy for all the bonus content. MF Galaxy, what will you discover?